How's it, South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 253. I'm your host, Dawn Umdu. Dr. Didi Klassen discovered her calling when she was 12 years old. Veterinary science and pathology was where she found her joy. And today, she's the head of pathology at AfriVet. She's really one of my favorite people in agriculture. And in this edition, we share more about her family life, what drives her work, and some inspiration for others to follow in her footsteps. Dr. Didi Klaassen, thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track. We've known each other for a while. I feel like you're part of the Food from Zanzi family already. And it's such a pleasure to be able to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Dawn. I feel like part of a family and it's a great privilege to be part of your team. Yeah, you guys do good work for, I want to say, for the South African farming community. So it's it's awesome to be part of this. And then this time around, we're not talking anything technical. We're not talking anything related to your day-to-day workings. We want to know more about you, the person. We'll talk a bit about your career and your career highlights. But I want to get to know the person behind everything else. So tell me more about your growing up years. Maybe one or two of your fondest childhood memories, more about your family and just what life is like outside of the office. I'm born and bred South African. I um, was actually born in Gauteng and my dad was transferred to Bloemfontein when I was grade three, all days done at one. So I grew up in the free state. Um, I always said I was born in Gauteng, but I got my personality in a rural community. I'm glad about it because then you appreciate where food comes from and you know what's happening. It's not just something that you buy at a store, the art and soul that goes into agriculture. And my dad and my grandfather has always been very fond of animals. So since I can remember, I wanted to work with animals and I wanted to be a veterinarian. And I remember my mom not thinking that this was an <laughs> ideal career path for a girl. And she decided to let me work at a veterinary practice because that's all I wanted to be was an animal doctor. So when I was 12 years old, she took me to a practice in Bloemfontein to go work there on holidays just to shadow the vets there. And I absolutely fell in love with it. So her plan completely backfired because I think she wanted me to realize it's very sort of blood and guts work. It's not, you just play with puppies every day. And when I got there and I saw what veterinarians really do, I came home and I said, mom, they're like real doctors, but for animals. And since then, I just really wanted to be a veterinarian even more. And I worked there every holiday. So that's some of my fondest childhood memories, all working in a veterinary practice and spending time with friends and family on farms and seeing what happens there. Basically, my family life outside work is I'm married to an awesome person who's not a veterinarian, which I think um, creates a healthy (laughs) home environment. But he's also involved in the agricultural sector. Recently, he joined a, a company that does a lot of social media and IT for the farming industry. And we have a a 16-month-old girl that has completely changed our lives, but so much for the better. And that's my life in short at the moment. Outside of work, I like to spend time with them and just see her grow in a love for animals, which she really does. She is enamored with them. And it's good to see and experience someone seeing animals and the world for the first time. It's just to see her all for things that we sort of take for granted. It's life-changing. 
if you could see me now, Didi, I'm smiling from ear to ear because <laughs> just warm my heart with all of those amazing stories, just listening to your own childhood and kind of knowing from early on where you want to be in life and what you want to do. And it's so interesting that your mom's plan backfired and that made you even more yeah. <laughs> about agriculture. She's now my biggest supporter. So I think she just wanted me to have the reality check that it's not just playing with puppies. She's not against me being a veterinarian, just for the record. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And I love that. And I wanted to maybe talk more about just your role as a woman in the sector a little bit later on. You said that your dad and your grandfather kind of led you to agriculture and your own passion that kind of made you pursue this career. But where do you think you would have ended up if not, you know, a veterinarian and within the agricultural space? Becoming a veterinarian is not sort of a... I want to be a vet and then you become a vet. It's quite a, a tedious process and the selection process or procedure for becoming a vet is quite intense because most people you meet at some point in their lives considered becoming a veterinarian. I think in South African animals and agriculture is really part of sort of our identity as people, regardless of where you are and where you come from. It's just sort of part of our holistic culture. I think something that brings all of us together is agriculture. So even if I didn't become a vet because of the selection procedure, it was a big reality that you might not be one. So I had to have a plan B. At some point in my life, also a lot of people, I want to say grade 11, grade 12, they were going on about how it's really tough for a woman to be in this profession and it's hard physical labor and I should consider something else. And then for a short while, I did consider engineering, etc. But I always believe that God has a plan for you and he will get you when he wants you. So everything went wrong in my matric year with regards to applications, et cetera, for engineering and bursaries, et cetera. So I ended up doing a BSc in my first year instead of doing engineering or veterinary science. And then I had to take a dog to a veterinary practice and my grandfather passed away in my first year and I had to take my Oma's dog to be sterilized. And I walked in there and I realized, but this is what I want to do. But because you don't know if you're going to get selected and you don't know if you'll be able to complete the degree, it's quite a tedious path. My plan B was bugs. <laughs> I really love insects as well and how they work. And they play a very big role in the world and the sort of you can't have fruits and vegetables without insects. And they also play a negative role where <laughs> they destroy crops. I think if I didn't become a veterinarian, I would have done entomology. So the study of insects and probably ecology to see how we can use insects for the greater good. But I'm really glad that everything worked out that I could go with my plan A. So I think I wouldn't have chosen something outside agriculture. Agriculture chose me from a young age. Definitely. It sounds like it's been part of your life. And like you said, it's something that was part of God's plan. So it sounds amazing. And I think I would have been able to connect with you either way if you were working with bugs, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so we're supposed to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tell us more about some of your career highlights. You know, what do you love most about what you do? I think you've answered the why you did it very clearly already. But, you know, just that, that those moments where you think, wow, I'm where I should be. This is exactly yeah. Maybe if you can just share so, with us. So my favorite part of this is I know they say 
if you become a veterinarian, you work with animals, which you really do. But every animal comes with a human attached to it, whether it's a cow, a sheep, 10 cows, 50 cows or a dog or a cat, there's always a human involved. And I think my favorite part of this whole journey is to work with people. I remember when I was a state veterinarian in the Free State, we had these awesome farmers days with the emerging farmers. And I remember my first farmers days, it was quite a story. So I could speak English and Afrikaans, and then I had an interpreter for Sisutu, and then I had an interpreter for Kosa. So a 15-minute talk became a two-hour talk because I'll speak Afrikaans, translated into English, and then they would interpret. And our first talk, the people asked very interesting questions. It was very sort of basic farming questions. And at the end of my time there, before I moved to the Bloemfontein Laboratory, the farmers would ask me a lot more integrated questions and to see people's thought patterns change to become more successful in farming, not just farming sort of subsistence farming, but farming for a bigger picture. And to see that comprehension and sort of that fire for something igniting someone else that's my favorite part to say we are in agriculture we are farming but how can we make everyone be successful so I don't want to say a light come on but just that fire igniting and passion being distributed to others that makes me happy and that makes it worthwhile so I want to say the human side of agriculture is my favorite part and that sort of when you go home you know you made someone else's life simpler and you've given them the tools to be successful in what they do. And that makes me happy. Absolutely amazing, Dr. Didi Klassen. And I think I share that sentiment, like from the first time I stepped into this industry, knowing almost nothing to where I am now, almost five years later, it is absolutely amazing. And you really speak truth to power, speak truth to power when it comes to just sharing your experience with that as well. So thank you so much for it. I'll touch on this a little bit as you were talking as part of my interview, but maybe you can just you know, talk about your personal experience because so often women in agriculture talk about the challenges they face solely because of their gender identity. Has this yeah. been something that you've experienced in your sector? Has it been an issue for you and how did you overcome it if it has been? It's not something we can deny. I've just chosen to look at it differently. So I remember uh, when I just started, so I really looked a lot younger. And then when I started, so I remember my first month I worked, a lot of people would ask me, so what are your plans for next year? And I'm like, I'm working here at the practice. So they'll be like, oh, you're taking a gap year. Like, no, I'm working at the practice. So they would think I'm in the trick, 18 years old, but I was actually 25. 26 so you look younger you are female so and I think in a sector that was predominantly male it was quite a a change and an adaptation that not only I had to make but I think the general farming community as well and obviously change is something difficult for everyone even if you like change it's still something that you have to go through so I remember I would get out of my car when I get to the farm and the people will sort of look into the car to see if my dad or someone else would be getting out of the car, sort of, where's the doctor? But I am the doctor. And I remember there was a farmer, the one day I got back early from lunch and he had a cough that had sweating sickness. And I still said to him, good afternoon, sir, can I assist you? And he said, no, he's looking for a veterinarian. So I said, no, I am a veterinarian. And then he looked me up and down and he said a veterinarian with experience. But then you go out, you're like, well, sorry, you have me or you have no one. So you go and you look at the cough and the cough still had sweating sickness and I treated it. And at the end of the procedure, the farmer said to me, no, well done. He liked the way I handled it. And we actually became good friends. 
and he trusted me with his animals. So I think you will have sort of people wanting to see what you can do and can't do. So you have the choice to sit and complain about the fact that people are treating you differently because you're female or you can use the opportunity to prove them wrong. And that's what I try to do. So there will always be people who have issues with things just because they have issues with things and you can't change that. But there are people that are open for dissuasion. You can prove that, listen, I am able to do this job and I can do it very well. So if you want me to be your veterinarian, I can do that. If you don't want me to be your vet, then obviously there are other options for you to do or to people to choose from. And personalities will clash, but I don't think you should see these things as um, sort of something to put you back or to say, listen, I'm female, therefore I have to stand back. We don't have to. And I don't have to have the attributes or the abilities that a man has to do because that will make me less successful at being who I am. So I'm not trying to be the same. So there are certain things to our jobs that are really physically impossible for me to do so I just don't do those things but I go find the things where I can make a difference or I find ways that I can make the work lighter and able for me to do so I'm a pathologist also I specialized in that and we do postmortems and then obviously some of the things we postmortem weigh a ton sometimes more but then you have to think outside the box of how you can move these things around and ask for help and not it doesn't mean asking for help doesn't mean you are weak it means that you actually stronger and you can ask for help. So I don't think these things should dissuade one. They ask people that will just always have an issue with it. But there are a lot of people that have actually just said, listen, great, you've done your job, well done, you can be my vet type of thing. And the more you work, the more of those people you find. And I've actually had people come back to me at a later stage in my life to say, yes, Didi, Thanks for what you've done. Appreciate it. Sorry that I underestimated you. So I think it's something that you can make an issue or it's there. How you deal with it is up to you. And I must say it is changing. And the life I'm living at the moment and the challenges I'm facing are way less than the female veterinarians that graduated before I was born. They really had challenges, like one in a class or not, or even if they were females in a class. So come a long way and I'm super proud of what those women did and embraced and changed to make it possible for us and at this stage there are almost more female vets graduating in South Africa than male vets and I think that whole perspective is busy changing so it's just amazing to see what's happening. Thank you so much for showcasing the landscape a little bit better and also talking about your own lived experience Didi. I think you've in part also shared some kind of inspiration to other young girls and women who wish to follow in your footsteps. So I think for now, maybe just the one liner to them and also the process, if you can explain it briefly, what you had to go through. I think you have touched on this a little bit, but just like one or two lines that you'd like to share with them before we wrap up the conversation. If you have a dream and you know that it's something that you want to do, go for it. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And I know when I started out, I said there's several things that I would never do. And I ended up doing all of them and I loved it. So don't underestimate or don't limit yourself because you're scared or you don't understand something. Just go live life, grab every opportunity that comes across your path and see where it takes you. And yeah, the world, it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out, but it works out so much better. Thank you so much, Didi. I really had such a good time talking to you. 
for my last question, this is definitely one of my favorite questions I talk to many of my guests, is to, if you could give yourself a message from, say, five years ago, and then also to leave yourself a message um, on this podcast, say, in 10 years' time, talking to your future self, what would that be? I generally have this pattern of wanting to know what's going to happen in the next 10 years or just have a plan of what's going ahead. So to my younger self, I'll say, like what I just said to everyone, it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out and the things that are stressing you now really doesn't matter anymore. And then for my older self, <laughs> the things I'm stressing about now probably doesn't matter anymore. Just want to find out what happened and it's probably going to be a lot different than I thought it would be. And I know that your little girl will be more beautiful and she would have inspired you even more. Definitely. I always laugh because you sort of get a reflection of yourself. She's a little me and I understand a lot of the things my mom told me. <laughs> I was like when growing up now when I look at her and I, I find my mom often to say thanks for patience and letting me be the person I am today because it is a lot of work. But thanks for doing all of that. And now I have my turn to put in the work. It's awesome to see someone grow up and, and also just to experience the responsibility you have to make her a well-adapted adult one day who's also going to make a difference in the world or hope that she makes a difference in the world. Thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track. Dr. Didi Klaassen, Head of Pathology at AfriVet. You can, of course, read more on her story on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Don Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.